Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Welcome into another Auburn Live show, the modcast edition of the Auburn Live. We have the whole crew here. Make sure you go to auburnlive.com, subscribe. It's 50% off right now. And with everything going on, you probably want to be a part of the uh, Auburn Live community. Um, AD search, coaching search, basketball coming up. I say coaching search, like probably head coach. I mean, come on. Um, and then basketball coming up and all that good stuff. All right, we got the whole crew here. Cole, Jeffrey, and Keith, believe it or not, is alive down there. <laughs> Keith, entertainment enough, dude. I, I, I'm kicking, man. I'm kicking. We got lucky. Where are you? Lucky down in Tampa. You know? But uh, are you are you at the uh, jump house? No, I got that. That's a uh, Tampa Plan High School right behind me. Oh, home of yeah, Nate Craig. I, I don't have power at my place, so I went over to a friend's place to help him clean up his front yard this morning, and uh, it's a mess. It's I mean we we again we lucked out. We didn't get the water, and the wind wasn't probably but half of what everybody else got south of us. But it's a mess. It's a mess, and there's. I still don't. I think I've been without power since about 7:45 last night, which is fine. I don't like. Uh, I don't. I, you know, I, I love candles, Jeff. You know, I'm a big candle guy. You know, I mean, <laughs> but no, everything's good. I mean, I feel bad for the people. You know, you really feel bad for the people down in Fort Myers, Venice, Naples, those areas, because it looks atrocious. Yeah, but like... everything's good. Everything's good. I'm gonna put myself on mute. You guys talk, and when you when you need me to say something, just let me know. 
All right. We'll just keep them on mute for a while. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, there's like two. I mean, there's like, I, don't, I haven't seen the latest, but there's well over 2 million people without power in that state. Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to be three or something. I don't know. It's insane. Um, I want to know what his favorite candle is. Can we get like Keith's top five candles? Pumpkin spice. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I guess uh, I like the pumpkin spice, but really uh, like a, a cherry, cherry flavor, but I don't, I don't like candles. You know, when, uh, my mom would always buy them for me. And uh, there, there's things that she always bought me that I always had extra of. I, I have about 20 containers of chapstick. I don't think I've opened one of them. Um, and then candles, you know, so I always had candles. And now, now I'm glad I got them because I needed them last night. But um, yeah, man, it's a big week, man. This is a, this, <laughs> this is a big week. I wonder how the, uh, I wonder how the travel is going to be impacted by the people that live down here that go up to Auburn games. Because, you know, sometimes you don't realize how many Auburn fans live in Florida until you either visit down here or you live down here. And there's a lot of them. And, um, you know, it's a big game Saturday. This is a game that Auburn fans have always looked forward to. But a lot of these people are going to need major cleanup. Might not have time to make it or the means to make it. You know, we'll mm. see. My guess is it'll still be sold out. But, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be a, a take some work for some of the people down here to get up there, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine. My cousin lives in Tampa, and they stayed. They stayed. Um, they stayed put just kind of hunkered down and <clears throat> I think everything's okay. Probably without power. Same thing as you. So, um, all right, well let's, uh, I guess let's talk about this game a little bit. Auburn LSU. No, we're not talking about last week's game. There's no point. Um, <laughs> I mean, Auburn flat out should have lost that game twice. Um, <clears throat> but here they are three and one, one and oh in the conference. Um, I was just on the radio in Dothan, and I go and I said they're asking about Parson, you know, the timeline of Parsons, you know, what, what's going to happen. I'm like, what happens if they somehow win this game and they're four and one and they're two and zero oh in the league? And everybody talked about right, what do you need to be in that first five? You can't be any worse than four and one. Well, what if he is <laughs> four and one and two and zero oh in the league? And he, but but in the meantime, he has no support, and it's like everybody's made up their mind. What an awkward situation that would be. Yeah. Well, it's not out of the realm of possibility, I guess, even though I have significantly studied LSU over the past couple of days, and I know they're actually pretty sporty in a lot of different positions. So it is going to be a tough game for Auburn, but but I, I don't rule it out. I mean, Jordan Hare at night, you know, LSU, Auburn, always kind of strange. So, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think it would say more about their opponents than it does. Listen, I've seen four games of Auburn, right? This team is not 4-1. Good. Right. They're, not, they're, they're just not. The offensive line is atrocious. The quarterback play is atrocious. Um, everywhere else you can make a case that it's average to slightly below average. So <clears throat> I don't care what it says on paper. I care more about what I see with my eyes, and this team is not 4-1 good. If, if they're 4-1, it's because Missouri lost the game, which they did. It's because LSU came to town and lost the game. I, <clears throat> and and I'm not saying anything you know, revolutionary here. We, we, we've seen the product that Auburn has put on the field for four weeks now against Mercer, against San Jose State, against Penn State, and against Missouri. At no time, at any point in those games, it, besides 
the first possession for each against Penn State. Auburn held them on fourth down, got the ball back, drove down, kicked the field goal, go up three to nothing. Other than that 10-minute span of football, at no point in time did I say, this team's got a chance to win eight games. Yeah. Right? This team's got a chance to be four and one. Yeah, this team right. should be four and one when when they go into Athens. At no point did I ever say that, or, or at least think that. So I would be absolutely shocked. And if it is four and one, I think it's it says more uh, it says less about the opponents than it does for all, uh, more for Auburn. Remember that old thing, that old uh, phrase that the one of those playoff committees. I don't remember whether it was this one or the the prior one, and they they used to use that term game control. Yeah, that that's how they would that's how they would separate teams. If Florida State had better game control than USC, they would be the one that would make the final two or whatever it was. And when you watch Auburn, they haven't had game control since the first half of the Mercer game, right? Just using your eyes, the first half of the Mercer game was the last time where they really just controlled everything. And you know, San Jose State, I think they were losing at the half, uh, played better in the second half, but you know, it was nothing special. Penn State. You know, just got shellacked at the end. Damn, was Auburn losing at halftime to San Jose State? I yeah, think they were losing ten to seven, I think. Yeah, and, great, and, great and, day in the morning. And, and then last week, actually last week, when they were ahead fourteen nothing, I think all of us were probably like, "Oh my God, what's is this? Is this a different <laughs> yeah. game?" And then, and then you know, thirty minutes later, it's fourteen fourteen or whatever it was. And it's just, um, it, we now have a big enough sample size, I think. They played two Power Five teams. We have a big enough sample size to kind of know what they have. Now that doesn't mean they can't get better. They can. They can play better. There's you know things they can do. But between that and the old line, you know you're only as good as your quarterback. Your your quarterback play. You know they're lucky to be three and one. Quite frankly, or fortunate. I don't want to say lucky. Well, no, I guess lucky would be the the right word after yeah. last week. But very fortunate to be three and one. And I, I keep getting back to this thing like. How are they going to generate points against LSU? You know, I think they can win. I'm not going to pick them to win. No way. But I think they can win. But I think it's going to have to be defensive touchdowns. That kind of thing. You know? Well, something wild. Action. Yeah. Something wild is going to have game. to happen. For yeah. I don't see them scoring more than 20 on their own. So. It's I, – I don't. I mean, I'm kind of where you were, Keith, a couple of weeks ago where you're like <clears> – <throat> What have you seen that would make you think Auburn wins this football game? I mean, the nothing. You're, you're just you're, you're thinking again. You're going well. It's at home, and uh, maybe something crazy happens. LSU doesn't play well. You get a couple of turnovers, um, but there's nothing. There's nothing really like concrete that would make you think Auburn's going to go win this win this football game. Um, is there anything that's shocking? Like the quarterback situation, I think we knew as soon as it came out that that Zach struggled that first scrimmage and that TJ had was was leading the pack. My complete thought about this team changed. I, I, I specifically remember being somewhat optimistic, and when that happened, I was like, "Oh boy, I don't. This is not good." Um, because I just we I just thought Zach had the highest ceiling. I thought if, you're, if there's any chance to reach whatever. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And so, but like, so the quarterback, I guess I'm not shocked at how this is playing out. I thought the offensive line, I mean, my gosh, I know they weren't great, but when everybody comes back, basically, and I know Nick Brahms is out, he's important, he is. But, I mean, they've been terrible 
And even the defensive line is getting run on a little bit. I, I just I'm shocked at outside of punting Oscar Chapman, there hasn't been a good unit. Well, on, on your subject of the offensive line all coming back and certain guys coming back, I think I was watching the Penn State-Purdue game and an announcer made the comment, you know, a six-year senior is a, is a curse and a blessing when you think about it. Like, yes, he has experience, but he was not good enough to move on to the next level for some reason. And that's kind of where you're stuck with with the offensive line. They weren't – and some of the guys that returned, like maybe Derek Hall could have gone on. But some of these guys were just not good enough to go to the next level. They decided to come back. Um, and, and, you know, they can help in some areas. But right now they're, they're just not. So, um, also, I would say a surprising thing to me is the utilization of the running backs as a whole. I mean, that is obviously your best unit on the team. I don't think we should just be – I mean, I don't think you should just hand it off straight to them every single game, you know, every single time you use them. I think you need to throw it to them, and they do some, but not enough in my opinion. I mean, they put Tank Bigsby at receiver several times in the bowl game last year, and it was effective. You know, threw, it to, threw screens to him, did different things to him. I, I expected more of that kind of stuff in the offense, and I just haven't seen much of it. Cole, Cole my question would be, is that – is that just simply play call, bad play calling, or, or, or is it a product of them knowing the limitations of the guys on their offense? I mean, we think of those plays as being easy, but they're not easy. Right, right. right. Uh, so I, I, could it be some of that, too, that they don't <laughs> – that might just be more than they can handle right now? I mean, the offensive line's having trouble with the line of scrimmage, let alone other places. You know, I don't know. You tell me. No, it definitely could be. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that we don't see and fans don't see at practice where they go, okay, we've tried that. That's not going to work in a game for sure. But then you also, on the other hand, have, well, we've seen things that don't work in games. It might be try, it might be time to try something and, and mix it up a little bit. But it seems like there's sort of a stubbornness to do things such as get under center and run the football, you know, in short yardage, and that's just not a great – it's not a great – choice sometimes because you just you don't have the personnel to just move people off the ball so you know i'm saying maybe you need to try some different things even even if they may not work at practice i mean it couldn't it couldn't hurt at this point right yeah i got you yeah i just don't know what you do offensively i don't know uh robbie's gonna be your guy i this might be the first game by the way that we have one quarterback i mean you know, Holden, Holden, I mean, just based on what we just saw, Holden only played because Robbie got hurt. And when he did get in there, he threw a screen. He he didn't look ready. He didn't look ready for the moment at all. Um, and so I'm not sure the fate. He had to follow, had to follow that uh, jet sweep to the tight end. That's, that's pretty oh, tough. Oh, gosh. That was a phenomenal <laughs> play call. Um, <laughs> that's when the laugh started coming for me. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I remember tweeting that play out. I went. So when did that happen? Was that was that Gurner's third quarter? It was his yeah. first play. It was his first play. I literally <laughs> put that play out. I was like, they ran a jet sweep to John Samuel Shanker. It went nowhere. Like, and I mean, it was just like that's all I had to say. I didn't, I didn't have to make. That was the commentary. Um, that wasn't the same one they ran in the bowl game, was it? Didn't they run not, something some kind of? Yeah, they did that. They did that from under center. It was a little bit different. Same concept, obviously, but. 
same I mean, you know, they're clearly – whatever. They're seeing something. I don't know if there's like a play, Cole, where – is there a play where he kind of pulls and it's a running play and they're thinking the motion, they're just going to think he's pulling? And, like, I, I, what, what, what are they thinking when that play happens that they're like, we're going to catch him with this one? <laughs> Yeah, and he's going to break free for a three-yard gain. We got him. We got him. Scenario here. I don't. Answer is, but you you start thinking, how much more creative could they be? But then you start thinking in your head, creative plays, and then you say, do they have the offensive line to pull that that off? Do they have the receivers to pull that off? Do they have the quarterbacks to pull that off? Hey, for all we know, as bad as this may sound, for all we know, this may be all they're capable of running. I don't know. You know, it, we true. It, but the most creative play we, we we've seen this year, at least I have seen this year, I believe it was against Mercer when Robbie came in motion, took the handoff from TJ and he ran a freaking option around right in with tank. You remember that play? And Robbie kept mm-hmm. it and gained about 40 yards. Yeah. So you've had the most luck or the most success running the football, mostly out of the option, whether it be read option or RPO or that little sprint option with, to, to, to Robbie. And and that's what I was expecting to see against Penn State. I think I said it a couple no. – I, I expect to see a lot of option against Penn State. Didn't see it. Yeah. Didn't see it. Haven't so seen it since. So, in hindsight, maybe they should have you – know, everybody talked about how vanilla they were early on, but they ran that play. In hindsight, should maybe they have saved that one, you think? <laughs> well, I thought they were like, okay, we're going to show Penn State so they can, you know, prepare for this, and then we're not going to run it at all. I don't know. I, I – I don't know. What do I know, dude? I'm a recruiter. We're not in the meetings. We're not in the meetings, guys. So I don't even know what we're talking about. I mean, we're, if we're not in the meetings, I don't think we should say anything. That's what <laughs> yeah. I've learned. There's an old line, this guy that I used to uh, – was like a fellow media guy down in Florida. I think his name was Larry Vitell. And People would say, hey, listen, you're not a coach. You're not – what do you know? And he'd say, listen, I've never given birth, but I know an ugly baby when I see it. <laughs> and I always, I always love – you know, and there is – look, there is some truth to be, not being in the meetings, not seeing what they see. We get that. On the other hand, you do come across as condescending when you, as a coach, talk like that. You know, you're supposed to make everybody feel like they, they do know something. But, you know, when you make a lot of money – and he's not the only one guilty of this, by the way. When you make a lot of money, you – probably start thinking you're smarter than you were before you started making all that money you're really just the same guy yeah i don't know man i I, I, meetings or no meetings you know the end results the end result and they ain't getting it done on offense that's for sure well my frustration comes from i've seen them you know throw to landon king and get a mismatch with him and make it work Uh, i've seen them throw a slant to amari kelly a quick game throw I've seen them, uh, you know, do things like that and then not even attempt it again. Right, yeah. I, I don't think those are things that the defense dictates. I think those are things where you go, all right, I'm going to take a shot here because nothing else is working. And, and they're not doing it. They they do it once and then g- don't go back to it. And that's what's frustrating to me, whether, you know, we're in meetings or not. I can see that and say, that needs to be something you try again, at least. You need to try it again. Just try to get things going. Well, the, the three three whipping boys on our board have been the last year. I bet three of the biggest. <laughs> a lot of Bo, obviously Bo Nix, who really I I don't think he ever was as good as I thought he'd be, but he wasn't bad. And then yeah. Nick Brahms, right? Nick Brahms. I bet a lot of people wish Nick Brahms was still out there. Yeah. Uh, people who cursed him on the boards. And then the third guy was Mike Bobo. 
And I, and I wonder if there's people that wish they had those three guys back right now. You know, I don't know. I yep. mean, you know, but, but again, we're only, but, but we're only four games in. I get that. And I still think it's more of a talent thing than a coaching thing right now. That's just me. But, you know, you guys may disagree. Yeah. You say we're only four games in and, and you say it like, you know, hey, guys, we're only four games in. There's time to turn it around. When you say that, I hear we're only four games in. Like, <laughs> it's going to get worse. Gosh, it's going to be a long season. Um, you look at the schedule. <laughs> it's just it's hard to uh, – man, boy, it's, it's we're barely in October, and I feel like <laughs> like we're just – it's already November. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. They don't go to things. They don't go back to things. Mike Bobo wouldn't make much of a difference because Harson's heavily involved. Harson's basically the play caller. And uh, I don't really get a lot of the play calls. I, I think the, the struggle is if Ashford's your guy, to me the only chance you have is to, is to go zone read in the run game, make, you know, a, try to account for a blocker there, use tank, use him. But I just don't think that's a part of their offense. And so I don't, you can't just throw that in there. And Ashford's not Nick Marshall. If you notice – in Mercer, whatever, and those runs where Ashford runs, those are designed. He's always going to pull it, and he was always going to run it. He hasn't run legitimate read, pull, give. Nick Nick had those instincts. I don't think Ashford has the practice or the experience to, to legitimately run that anyway. So um, <clears throat> it would almost have to be just play calling every time, like r- give it to Tank or you pull it and run, it's not going to be in Robbie's hands. You would have to almost call the right play every single time to do it. But I just don't know how they're going to consistently move the offense without, without that, that run game options, stuff like that being implemented when you have those athletes. But I don't know how you do that in a week. I don't know how you make that your offense. That's not Brian Harson's offense. That's not what he runs. And even that, even if they did try that, Justin, you'd have to figure what would happen happen last week would happen again, which is that eventually defense is gonna they're gonna they're gonna figure it out, you know. And that's what happened last week that that, that Auburn run game they they figured it out they figured out how to counter that. There's some it does look like there is some adjustment period in trying to tackle Ashford. I mean that guy is an elite runner, man. I mean, yeah. and uh, maybe that's Auburn's best bet to just try to continually get a lead early while the defense is trying to figure out what to do with him and hold on for dear life. But, you know, that's just not going to work too many times. First of all, there's no guarantee that's going to happen. And even if you get a lead on some of these teams that are coming up, I mean, it's, you're right. It, you're right, Justin. It, 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 it looks pretty bleak. And uh, we'll see what happens Saturday, but it's, um, yeah, it's, you just keep, you just keep coming back to the one thing. How are they going to generate points? I mean, they had trouble generating points last year and the year before, right? And now the line plays worse, the quarterback plays worse, the receivers plays worse, the play calling we think probably isn't great. And and you start thinking, okay, all this, and they weren't really they weren't exactly scoring forty points a game last year or the year before. So it's it's pretty uh, pretty troubling. And to make matters worse, a really a really impressive LSU defense comes to town. <laughs> I'm telling you, they. I mean, they're in the tops in the country in a lot of categories for a reason. They got they got some dudes, as Keith says. Well, they they had trouble with Jordan Travis, but the different the FSU quarterback. But the difference is, he's not only an elite scrambler and runner, he he can throw too. Yeah. And 
you know, I just don't have the confidence in, in Auburn to be able to throw like, like that. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and as, and as athletic as Ashford is, man, the SEC is really athletic too. Like you're about to I, – I mean, Ashford's going to – it's a whole different ball game. He's going to see a different ball game even this week than he saw against Penn State or Missouri when he drops back and takes off to run and those kind of things, and he gets like three yards. Because he's, yeah. he's chased to the sideline. He's like, okay, these guys are yeah. fast too. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a different uh, it's a different deal. It's a yeah. different ball game. And wait until next week. <laughs> you know, where they, where they have the fastest – Georgia's got the fastest defense probably in the country, and they practiced against – practice every day against a high-quality runner. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, man. It doesn't look hey, good. Before before we lose Keith, I wanted to uh, get in this. We're talking about LSU's defense. Yeah, you know, you know, last week Tanks more or less was seventy seven and a half. Justin and I both took the over. We thought twenty twenty five carries would get him over seventy seven. It didn't. It didn't even get him half halfway there. Uh, so Cole and Keith both took the under hit this week. The more or less, I should say. 64 and a half. 64 and a half for Tank. And we're and I'm getting these numbers from prospects, man. I, I I have fallen in love with prospects, dude. It's a lot of fun, man. If you're not familiar with prospects, it's a daily fantasy, man. And you're picking against the numbers, not against anybody else. Uh, projections on all of the different sports. And right now, prospects has got a promotion with Auburn Live to go in, download the app, set up your account, and any deposit made, prospects will match it 100%, up to 100, 100%. So you go in there, you deposit 50, they'll match you 50, man. A lot of fun. I've had a lot of fun doing it. And um, that's all. But use the promo code War Eagle, all caps, one word. Um, and, and they will match you 50, up, up to $100. And it's a lot of fun, dude. A lot of fun, especially when it comes to Auburn. We're going to give you the... Over uh, the more or less on Tank Bixby, 64 and a half this week. 64 and a half yards rushing for Tank. What are y'all taking? I'm taking less because why not? First of all, I've been terrible on picks this year. I can't, I mean, I feel like generally I'm pretty good with Auburn. I follow them every day, obviously. And I, like in the past, I've had a pretty good feel. Uh, this this year has just been a joke. I, I, I have no I, idea, right? I have no clue um, what this team's going to produce. I keep thinking maybe certain things will happen a certain way, and it just doesn't. So there's no reason in the world I should think Tank's going over that. So I'm going to go under that. They've been terrible, so that's what's going to happen. He's going to go. He's going to go less. Yep. Keith? I uh, I'm going. I'm gonna, I think we lost Keith there. Maybe. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go less again. I went, I went less last week, and it's all because of what I, what I said earlier. You know, I see these things happen that kind of work, and then they don't go back to it. So I don't have any reason to believe that. Again, I, that they're gonna do it the way that we want them to do it. You know, so going, going, cold going, cold going less, Keith. Take yeah. Bigsby, 64 and a half rushing yards against LSU. You're going right, more I'm or gonna, less. 
I think I've hit these pretty good. I'm going to go over this time, and I'm going to tell you why. LSU is going to sell out so much on defense. They're going to sell out so much on defense, and they're going to get pretty confident, and they're going to have so many tackles for loss that I think uh, that I think Tank is going to break off the longest run of his career. I think he's going to have a 60- to 70-yard run in this game solely because of that. I don't think Auburn wins. But I think solely because of that, he's going to end up with between 80 and 100 yards with 160-something-yard run in there. So I'm going to say over. All right. Okay. Well, here's here's my logic here. He had 20 carries or 19 carries against Missouri. He rushed for 47 yards or something. If he can't rush for over 50 yards against Missouri, there's no way he's going to do it without a big run. Now, Keith, you're 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 projecting him to have that long run. It's going to have to happen. I don't see it happening. I just don't see it. I, so I'm I'm going I'm going less. I'm taking less than 64 and a half. You know what they've got? Prospects has got. Listen, they've got Shedrick Jackson. They've got more or less for Shedrick Jackson receiving yardage. 41 and a half. Hmm. They've got Javarius Johnson, more or less, 45 and a half. Which, where was he last week? Yeah. What, that, what yeah. in the world? I'm sitting there going, is, is Javarius Johnson alive? He was out there, and he played a ton. And, I, and it just it was like some point in the second quarter or third quarter, I was like, is Javarius Johnson, I mean, what did he do? Hey, hey here's Jaden Daniels. His more or less for passing yardage, 205 and a half. Mm. 205 and a half. That would be over his average, I think. Let's see. Mm. 205 and a half. Oh, I'll tell you, man. I'm sorry. I could have looked that up. Because on prospects, you can look this up. I'd go more. I'm I'm definitely going over on that one. More, Keith. More. 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 No, Justin, no. I, you can say over now. That's Associated Press style, believe it or not. But yes, more than more than whatever that number was. Two oh five. So you're you're saying two oh six or, or or more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going less. I think I am too, Cole. He he averages two hundred and eight yards passing per game. Uh but I actually, I actually think Auburn's secondary is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I, I think they're pretty good, especially DJ James. I think he's really good. So they were a bright think, spot in the Missouri game. If you're looking for one, to me, I don't think LSU is gonna need. I keep hitting this, damn it. I don't think LSU is going to need to, to pass the football. You know, you know what LSU's kind of dealing with that's similar to what Auburn's dealing with is. They have had somewhat trouble trying to get it to Kayshawn uh, Boutte. Yeah. Not like they should, I guess you would say. Because Daniels, his completion percentage is 73%. I mean, that's <laughs> that's what you want. But the reason his completion percentage is so high from watching them, he, he's going to take off and run maybe even more than Ashford would. Yeah. Oh. That's his plan. That's Jay his plan. Daniels? Yeah, it's hey. super hard to defend, man. Against Mississippi State, I watched this. I watched a proportion of that game, and it was like he just dropped back and then we run. Next play, he drops back. He yeah. runs. It's like football. You're like you can't get every he's play. The, he's their leading rusher, and it's really okay. close. 
Well, here you go, Colton. If you want to do that, we'll do Jaden Daniels more or less forty point five rushing yards. More. Okay. Yep. Forty four. So so okay. So he's going to rush for more than forty. I think so. Yeah. Anybody else want to jump in on that one? I don't know. No, I, I don't know enough to. I'll just be flipping the coin here. It's hard to imagine it's not over. I mean, he, he just he, – he, run, he runs so much, <clears throat> and Auburn's secondary is decent. So there's going to be times where nobody's open. There's going to be times where Derek Hall comes off the edge or something, and he just goes. So um, I, I, would, I would go over. If, if Auburn <clears> – <throat> if he goes less than that, it's either two things. Auburn did a phenomenal job on defense, or – he didn't have to, and he throws for two six two sixty. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, if he doesn't, it's I, I don't know. The band's playing one way or another. If he doesn't, I guess. But I would go over. Hey, I'm uh, gonna go ahead, Cole. He's got two games. Well, one of them was he, he rushed for ninety three. That was against Mississippi State. Against Florida State, he rushed for one hundred fourteen. Damn. So the two games that they played that were not really big games, New Mexico and Southern. He only had like 18 and 37, but he, he was able to throw it more. Right. Makes sense. I'm going to take more on that too, only because, uh, or my reasoning behind that is Auburn's linebackers. Yeah. To me, it seems like they are, um, they're, they're responsible for keeping the quarterback runs in check coming up and whatever. So I don't have a lot of faith in Auburn's linebackers. Uh, so I'm going to take more than 40 for his rushing total. Keith. I'll say I'll say over as well. I, I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I, I think there'll be some yards. So yeah, I think over. Good. Hey, if y'all aren't member or haven't downloaded Prospects, man, y'all go check them out. It's a lot of fun. Make two to five picks of more or less. They set the line. Uh, they set the number. You uh, make your picks, man. Price picks. War Eagle, all caps, one word. Go put that in your promotional code. They will match you up to $100, man. A lot of fun. <clears throat> there you go. Well done. I enjoy those, Jeffrey. I enjoy yeah. discussing them. No, you don't really get a lot of college numbers like that. No. And, and, and listen, I'm, I'm up 40, by the way. I'm up 40 Ooh, on the year. Nice. So, nice. so the more picks you have, the higher the ratio, obviously, of, uh, of your winnings. So if you right. pick two, you know, they might pay you two to one. Uh, but I hit a, a three, three-teamer a couple of weeks ago. I think it was five to one. I hit big. So yeah. I'm, not, I'm actually, I'm not up 40, I'm down 60. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I'm up 40, baby. Yeah. <clears throat> um, what else about this game? I mean, <clears throat> recruiting, baby. Yeah, recruiting. I was gonna, I was gonna go there. I was trying to think if there's anything else. Um, oh yeah, well, well. to talk about, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let's we can we can do recruiting a little bit. I mean, Brandon Council is going to start at center. Yes, yeah. According to Justin Hokinson. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, right. It's different. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be different. I mean, Irvin wasn't good against um, Missouri, <clears throat> so Council will start at center and then. Keandre or Alec Jones, Keandre Jones or Alec Jackson will start at guard. We'll see. Council's played a lot of snaps. Um, you know, he's bigger than Tate Johnson. <clears throat> Past that, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I have no clue. I'm just Tate, Tate broke his arm, didn't he? Messed his elbow up, yeah. 
Oh, I saw that when they showed the clip, I was like, yeah, I don't want to see that. He, it, yeah, that's hard. I'm just curious to see if Council, you know, I mean, it's the most forgotten thing about playing center or long snapper. Do you get the snaps right? Because that's the last thing offense needs is a bad snap or two, you know. That would be my worry. Never seen him snap, so. He did a little bit in fall. I mean, he was – he. I mentioned him a lot in the fall because he was out there – he was part of that rotation when it was – obvious that Brahms was out. It was Tate Johnson, Brandon Council, Jalil Irvin, and then Avery Jernigan kind of came on a little bit late, like sort of came into the mix there. But he did he did go through a lot of fall camp and did take a lot of reps at center. Um, so it's, you know, I just – I think I think last week it was probably – or within the game, I think it was like put Jalil in. Now give him a week to prepare, and I think it makes sense to put, to put Council there. Um, yeah. Other than that, I mean, yeah, you got Coy Moore, who, who's coming off a good game, moving into the starting spot over Malcolm Johnson hmm. Jr. Um, he's going to maintain that spot there. Um, TomGreenAvail.com <clears throat> reported that Finley was, was out again this week, which we, we kind of expected. Um, he hasn't practiced, even though Harson continues to, to say that everybody is day-to-day. Um other than that, I mean, you know, it's crazy. Is health-wise, other than Tate, I mean, they're pretty, you know, Tate and TJ. I guess it's a big one, but health-wise, pretty good. I mean, no, no real big injuries or anything like that so far. So, I mean, they're coming in fairly healthy. DJ James is coming along. Has had a couple of good games against Penn State, Missouri. He's had eight targets, only allowed one catch. So he's he's doing good things. Defensive line, maybe maybe they kick-started something against Missouri. I mean, they had a few sacks, had some tackles for loss. Um, but I think Cole said that LSU starting a true freshman at left tackle. And right tackle. Oh, yeah. both true freshmen? Yeah, that'd be uh, Will Campbell at left tackle. He was a big recruit last year. And right tackle, Emory Jones, a guy that Auburn offered and recruited yeah. pretty heavily. But, yeah. yeah actually, Emory, Emory Jones in the film that I watched was the best pass blocker. I thought. Was he good or was he just the best pass blocker? No, they they, they have pretty good pass protection for Daniels. Okay. So that'll be a <clears throat> that'll be a challenge, but we'll see if they can they can continue to get a little bit of pressure going. Um, Zach, what's the updated line today? I know it was nine, I believe, at one point. It started yeah. with I think Cole said it was, Auburn was a one and a half point favorite when the season began, then it fell to LSU minus seven. Then it was, it was LSU a, minus nine. I think they were one and a half point favorite less Eight. than a month ago, like before the Penn State game, and after that it just yeah. According to Zach in the back, LSU minus eight over under forty six. That's low. It's a good over under. That's probably I feel like it's a twenty one twenty game, twenty seventeen game. Something like you, that. You're gonna take Auburn Auburn in the points? Who, me? Offering you're getting you're getting eight points. Mm. Oh boy, <clears throat> I did see an interesting stat that was like the it's only happened a few times the last two or three times that Auburn's been a touchdown or more underdog at home. They've won outright. Um, the last couple of times there's times where they have it. Obviously, Alabama's come to town, I think, and and been the much better team. So, I, boy, it's it's I don't know. It's hard to pick Auburn to lose. To you know, by ten injured and hair, LSU's good, but they're not. They're not 
great. You know what I mean? This isn't like a national championship team rolling in here. It's a team you can beat if you do some things right. But it just – you look at what's going on on offense, man. I mean, yeah, they scored 14 against Missouri. Well, shoot, they only had to go 20 yards for one of those, and then it goes 60 for the other. I mean, it's – um, it's hard to think. How do you manufacture twenty points on offense? How do you manufacture three hundred and fifty yards of offense with this with this group? I, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll take Auburn to cover, but I can't take Auburn to win. I just I no. You know what? I think Jordan Hare Jordan Hare under the lights Saturday night against LSU is worth a touchdown. That's how Auburn's going to get his twenty points because I, I would have him scoring thirteen against LSU. Otherwise, I'm going to give him an extra touchdown. Because of the atmosphere and stuff like that. So I'm going to give them 20 points. I'm, I'm going to give LSU 23. I'm going to take Albert and the points under 46. I've got LSU 23-20. Uh, my power's running low on my phone, so let me get my ticket now. There you go. Do this to you guys. I'm, uh, you're doing all the work. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to take uh, LSU to win 23-13. to 13. And uh, I just – I don't think either team I, – I don't think this is a typical – a, a kind of a powerful LSU team. They're still trying to get in the rhythm of having a new coach. They're not really overwhelming anybody and, and really could have lost the Mississippi State game if Mississippi State doesn't muff a punt inside its own 10. Yeah. I think it was in the fourth quarter. So, um, but, you know, then you start comparing the two teams and, and they, they look better just across the board, but not a lot better. Um, so I'll say 23-13 will be my final. So, Keith, that's the same score I have, except I'm giving him a touchdown because it's Jordan yeah, Hare under the light. I'll tell you why. As hard as Jordan Hare, and I've never seen any, any home field advantage like this, I do think LSU's conditioned to play at night. They play almost, so many, almost all their games at night, and obviously the crowd is going to be cheering for the other team and not them. But I think they're kind of used to those types of okay. night atmospheres more than most teams. Now, granted, it'll be a lot louder when they have the ball at Auburn than when they do at home, but I, I think they're more acclimated to that. So, I'll say 23-13, but that's it, guys. Thanks for doing everything for me this week, and uh, and uh, I'll catch you guys later, all right? This is big dog. Yeah, see you guys. See you, Cole. See ya. Uh, I will go with uh, – I think it will be a close game uh, going into the second half, and then I think LSU pulls away kind of late. Score maybe doesn't reflect how close it was at one point. So I'll say 31-17. Also, I believe Auburn is one of the teams in college football who has not covered the spread yet. So, well, I keep that in mind. <laughs> um, I was looking for LSU's schedule. They played, I and mean, the Florida State was in the Superdome, basically a home game. Mississippi <laughs> State was at home. Have they have they played a road game? Mm, no. No. Damn, really? They better. Auburn hasn't either. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, in this game, I mean, it's something to consider. LSU first legitimate, legitimate road game. I mean, it's at least an opportunity in the first quarter or two for Auburn to try to take advantage of that. Um, sure. If they're capable of it, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, my score would be the same, sort of in the same realm. I mean, I, you know, maybe 24 to 20 – Maybe twenty four twenty LSU. Something. I mean, it's it's something like that. It's it's hard to think LSU is going to score. If they get to thirty, Cole, I'll be disappointed. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it easily could happen. I mean, it could happen. I say easily, but um, with turnovers. 
Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Auburn's offense didn't turn the ball over Missouri. Can they do that for the second game in a row? Yeah, uh, yeah LSU's secondary is significantly better than Missouri's as well. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be another conservative game planning, game calling. They're not going to, they're not going to try to put a lot of risky situation. I can't, I cannot afford to turn it over. They just, they just can't. I'll give you the, the the stat that caught my eye, and I put it on the board yesterday, is LSU's pass rush really, really benefits the secondary, too, because their pass rush is awesome. they got 11 team sacks right now. Ojalari is probably their best pass rusher. OBJ. Um, and he'll be back. He was actually out last week, I think. Uh, but they have 11 sacks as a team. Ten of those, ten players are credited with at least half a sack. Hmm. And different players. So I thought that was kind of crazy. That's pretty good. I think Auburn's up to what, maybe seven sacks or something like that in the season. Um, six, or seven, yeah, six or seven. They're eight. Hey, look, <clears throat> they're almost to sixty. That's their goal. <laughs> um, you know, they're almost there. Um, all right, so we're all kind of taking LSU to to cover. All right, so despite what we've seen on the field. It's a massive recruiting weekend. Um, was this planned already? Is this one of those things where these guys were already coming, so it didn't really matter? Or how do you – people on the outside are going, wait a minute, how in the world are three five-stars and all these four-stars going to Auburn? Why, why would they be going? I mean, we'll explain what's going on here. Well, Alabama's playing away. <clears throat> Auburn's got the biggest – Basically, the biggest SEC game in the Southeast, if I'm not mistaken, that Alabama-Arkansas is uh, CBS 230, which is at Arkansas. I think the 11 o'clock game is – oh, shit. Who was it? Either way, Auburn's the biggest game pretty much, Auburn, at least on paper for the LSU. We want to play under the lights. Of course, <clears throat> we've been expecting a big official – I mean, a big visitor list since the Penn State game. This is kind of the next game um, – the next big home and, and with Auburn's home schedule this year, you've got what Texas A&M left, and that's really about it. Yeah. So you you got Arkansas A&M and Arkansas. <clears throat> so you know Auburn definitely wanted to take advantage. They haven't had one under the lights yet, at least a big game under the lights. You know, they had Penn State at what two thirty, had Missouri at eleven. So this was a big opportunity. Then you've got you know like I said the uh, the other teams playing away, so it kind of worked out well for Auburn, but. Uh, right now they've got three official visitors coming in. Tony Mitchell, the five-star, is going to be the headliner of, of that group. Five-star safety committed to Alabama. From Thompson, Zach Etheridge went and watched his game. And this will be his second game of the year. Right? Uh, he came to Auburn, I believe, for the San Jose State game. Yeah, official visit. Went to Texas A&M last weekend. So this guy is not like he's just, you know, Auburn's his only other option right now. He's He's taking other visits as well, but. Uh, he's got a really good relationship with Zach Etheridge. I thought that's uh, – I think he had originally planned to come for that A&M game, moved it up to this weekend. So he'll be back. Alex Sanford, the Arkansas commitment from Oxford, Mississippi, is coming over from Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, and, Cole, you really – and then Braden Joyner, of course, he's coming for his official visit this weekend. But back to Alex Sanford, Cole, you've been uh, you've been our Alex Sanford expert on this guy, and you really feel like Auburn's got a really good shot here to uh, to flip this kid. I do, uh, and I think he still likes Arkansas. Don't get me wrong there, but man, he is—he is very intrigued by what Auburn's telling him. He's very intrigued by Christian Robinson. 
they have a great relationship. I think that would probably, if you asked him, what's the one thing you want to see this weekend? I, mean, I don't think he would say a win or he wants to see Christian Robinson. That's, that's yeah. number one. And he wants to meet him in person. And I think he's met him, but he wants to get to know him. And, and uh, you know, he'll have time to do that on the official visit instead of just being there at the game. So, you know, good time. Uh, good time to have him on campus. I think they timed that pretty well because he was wanting to come earlier and earlier. And they said, well, just hold off. Let's get you at the LSU game. That'll be a big one. Let's get you there. And and now that's finally come, and he's very excited for it. And I think Auburn's got a great chance to flip him if they if they push. And it sounds like they might be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they will. Uh, and and I, th- I thought it said, says a lot that you've got Arkansas playing the number two team at home in the, in the SEC 230 game. And this kid who's committed to Arkansas wants to come to Auburn for the LSU yeah. game. I think that says a lot. Uh, but the, the the unofficial visitors is, you know, man, you say what you want about the team, the product you've seen, even the commitment list. Uh, but, man, these guys have gotten these kids on campus, some top recruits. You've got Quay and James Smith, the two five-stars from Montgomery coming back. You've got the on-three five-star defensive lineman, David Hobbs, who was an Auburn – he was. I think he visited back in the spring. Like, yeah, I remember yeah. this kid. He kind of he, he kind of fell off, but uh, maybe that was just us not doing our jobs properly. But he he's coming back. Uh, it was an official uh, visit when he came too. By the way, it was. Yes. He he came for an official visit. <clears throat> I believe so. Well, dang. I must have been in Alaska or something. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and hey, and then the the edge and the the defense is. Really impressive. We, we talked about Russell Smith, David Hobbs, Keldrick Fox coming back for another game, Gabriel Harris coming back for another game, Ruben Baines finally coming up for a game. He's been wanting to, t- uh, to return to Auburn for a while. Now, this is all weather-dependent, Justin, because, you know, these, a lot of these kids from Florida are, are, you know, having to deal with transportation issues. You saw Keith and the lack of power down there, and these kids are from Miami, so they were hit pretty hard with this stuff. Um, yeah. And Arion Carter is coming down from Tennessee. This kid's kind of blown up in his recruitment, Alabama, Auburn, you name it, Oregon, Florida, Tennessee. Everybody's offered this kid just in the last week. He's committed to Memphis, but he's finally going to come over for the game. And then most of the commitments are going to come. <clears throat> and then another – the defense, you're just going down this list, Stanquan Clark, four-star linebacker from Miami, Reuben Bain's teammate, he's coming up. Uh, Edwin Joseph, the new offer from Shem- from Hollywood, Florida, Sheminade Madonna, uh, oh, Sean Shivers' high school. So you've got a really – and then Tadarius Collins is coming up from uh, Louisiana. So you've got a, a freaking very impressive defensive list. I thought the offensive guy – the offensive list, to me, the most interesting one was Clay Whedon from Tampa, you know, the Michigan State commitment, who was really high on Auburn back in the summer ended up committing to Michigan State, but Christian Robinson went by and saw his game last Friday night, or at least the second half of it. Now he's going to come up. And there's some commitments. And then the 2024 class, of course, is loaded too. Um, you know, Miles, Miles Graham, Florida commitment. I think he's a borderline five-star guy. Zaquan Patterson, Kamarion Franklin, Amon Lane's coming down, Adrian Posse's coming back. And then <laughs> your, your boys from Phoenix City Central. So a huge, huge, at least – a tentative list, and I'm I'm expecting some more names to be added to the to the uh, to the list. We'll see how it shakes out, but uh, very impressive once again. Home list, home visitor list for Auburn. Yep. Like, what's the what's the I want to say best case scenario, but I mean, 
you're in this weird period that we all know Auburn football is in. Uh, so weird. Yet they had some commitments. Was it after um, was, Penn State? Was that they had yeah, Penn State. Um, you know, God bless them. But, you know, what, what, what are your expectations when you have this big of a, a weekend, this many kids coming in, big game, but you also know where Auburn football is? I mean, it's like I don't know what you hope to get out of it right now. It is, it's a very awkward situation. But as we learned after the Penn State game, and I think Keith and I said this earlier, but Oddly enough, man, these recruits don't look through the same eyes as these fans do. Yeah. A lot of the recruits don't. Their perception is not what, what what you would automatically assume. There are, like Cole said, you know, uh, Alex Sanford, he's not coming to see, you know, that Auburn's on the rise or, you know, he's not going to be making, he's not going to be basing his decision off of that. I, I think as long as Christian Robinson is here, Cole, you correct me, as long as Christian Robinson is here, I, yeah. I kind of expect that kid to flip his commitment, and I wouldn't be surprised if it didn't happen next week after yeah. he leaves. Right. I agree. And and I would say, um, you know, it's just a testament to, to the Auburn game day experience that, that guys are, are just they, – they don't really care what's going on. They want to come experience that regardless. And that, that kind of shows you why even when the staff was perceived to be struggling back in the spring or, uh, you know, in recruiting, the staff seemed to be struggling or whatever. They were like, let's get to the season, man, because that's where we get some help. We finally get some aid there because the stadium and the game day atmosphere and the fans and everything is such a great recruiting tool for Auburn, and that's not going to change. It's just not going to change, and that's why it, it's it's good from the staff because they're getting good guys on campus. They're getting big recruits on campus, but, you know, it was the help they needed too. I think, Justin, you talk about expectations. I, I think Auburn fans, or at least the, most of the guys on the corner, have tempered those when, and when it comes to recruiting, especially after the last few weeks as far as the product. You know, you, you're no longer thinking that Auburn has a chance for a top 10 class or a top 15 class. You're almost in a, uh, a holding period. You're going to get some guys – Hell, you're going to lose some guys. Carmelo English decommitted, you know, right before the Penn State game. So you're going to lose. Although I don't, I don't see any others right now. If I can think of, can't even think of a potential decommitment. Now, as soon as I say that, I'll probably get off here and have to cover one. <laughs> but I can't think of any off the top. But you're, you're going to pick up some guys who want to play for Auburn. You're going to pick up some guys who want to play for Auburn. Now, we, we were talking about going into this season. You're going to have to do a lot of flipping commitments to have a top 15 class and at the time uh, you know we talked about Zach Calzada and your expectations Justin that, that, my, my, expe my expectations were Zach Calzada was going to be a big upgrade at quarterback and the office line was going to be average at worst and seven eight wins was certainly doable well the offensive line is less than average Zach Calzada is fourth string and not happening. I mean, seven wins would be a remarkable feat at this point, in my opinion. Yeah. I can't find two more wins on the schedule. Yeah. So, temporary expectations, you're going to pick up some. 
And let's just wait and see. I, I think we'll know a lot more. Both of you probably agree with me here. I believe a month from now, at the end of October, all this could be for naught. We might be hitting recruiting reset or things will be turning around. One way or the other. I think, I think one way or the other, at the end of October, <clears throat> we'll know. I mean, if, if, if Auburn's three and, you know, six, the end of October, we'll we'll know where this is headed, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, if, if if Auburn's, I don't even know how many, I think there's three games in October. Yeah, Georgia, like, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and there's a bye week in there, too. Bye week's after Ole Miss. So they got uh, Arkansas. Georgia, Ole Miss, bye week, Arkansas. Arkansas is the 29th of October. So they've got three weeks, did you say? Three so games in October. Got, LSU. LSU, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, bye, Arkansas. That's October. So four more games before November. So that's eight games. So if you're three and five, is that? Am I doing the math right? No, three and six, right? Uh, no, you'd be eight games. It'd be three and five. It'd be yeah, eight games. Three and five. If you're three and five, four and four. I think four and four is honestly the best case scenario. Me too. If they don't beat LSU, they're not. They're not beating Georgia. They're they're. They're not going to score with Ole Miss, and Arkansas is going to come in here and play a physical brand and, and has a good offense, and that's not that's not a good recipe either. So, yep. <clears throat> unless unless things drastically change on offense for Auburn, I can't imagine them being any better than four and four November first. And if they're three and four, let's just be real. If they're three and four after Ole Miss, they lose Ole Miss to go to three and four. If Brian Harson's still the coach, and they lose Ole Miss and go three and four. I don't see any reason that he's retained after the going into the bye week. I don't see any reason. I don't. I don't know why you would. Yeah. You have two weeks to prepare and make changes, and um, I, I don't. I don't understand the point at that point of of why you would of why you would keep this the charade going. It's uh, and kind of circles back to the whole point of this was recruiting right now. Our job is to cover what's going on in the now and, and what, what, what's, what's going to happen, but we can't foresee. We can't, you know, I certainly can't ask recruits about, you know, hot seats and this and that. And, All right. But, but it kind of takes me back to we're going to keep plugging along, like until we know something definitive, we're going to yeah. keep covering it like we're supposed to. Um, but I think, like I said, at the end of November, at the end of October, we'll know where this is headed. Yep. <clears throat> and I think, I think uh, it is, Cole, a testament to I – mean, it's a testament to Auburn. And the, the, the program it still is, the place it still is, um, you know, it's still a big-name program. It's got to draw. I mean, it, it just does. It's just <clears> – <throat> it's a unique enough place that it's it would it, – you're never going to – it would take a whole lot. I mean, you're talking about – I mean, there's nothing that shows that more than the worst season I've witnessed in my life, 2012. Literally the next year, Auburn's playing for national championship. I mean, you're right. If you ever need to think about Auburn and bouncing back, that's all you really need to know. I mean, the same thing in '98, '99, and then boom, they're in the championship in 2000. Like, so it's a testament to the place. You know, um, that hundred million dollar football facility is coming along nicely. The thing's gonna be sweet. 
Yep. I was told they were going to try to maybe even practice on it this year. I don't know how that's coming. I mean, the grass is in. It's I mean, everything's they could potentially practice on that thing later in the year. But uh, um, you know, that's going to be awesome recruiting tool. But Auburn's not going anywhere. Um, it's it's good that they're getting these kids in right now, and it's just that's all you can do. That's all you can right. do. Right. Right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. See where it goes from there. Um, it's pretty much all practice. We don't have to talk about it, but just mention it. It started, and that's awesome. Um, um, Alan Flanagan out for an indefinite period of time. <clears throat> we don't know when he'll be back, but you know everybody else, uh, the talented team, and it's cool uh, that they're practicing. So we'll be popping into some basketball practices at times, checking them out. Um, and boy, they need a practice gym. But uh, mm. Pearl's, Bruce's, Bruce Pearl's kind of shifting the focus towards NIL right now and wanting to get that straight. And Because, look, Auburn basketball's in a good position where do they need a new practice gym? Yes, they do. There's too much going on over there. But <clears throat> he needs NIL too. Like that, that, He needs to make sure that he's not losing um, the best kids in the country. You know, he, he can still – he can recruit. That practice gym can be crap, and he can recruit there. Just make sure NIL's there. Um and so, and then get the practice gym sort of lined up after NIL gets in a good position. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, baseball top ten recruiting class. Baseball's doing their thing. Just need football to pick up the slack here. <clears throat> kind of the odd man out here. Yeah. Kind of the odd man out. Butch and, and Bruce are doing their thing. Brian, not so much. The old Killer B shirt is not. It's not happening. Such a good idea, but yeah, Brian just can't get it going to make that killer B shirt happen. <clears throat> um, all right, go to Auburn Live, subscribe, fifty percent off right now. Um, and again, it's a, it's a great time with with everything going on. Um, it's certainly a great time to be on the message board and get some good intel and perspective and all that good stuff, and read the recruiting recruiting happenings from this weekend from Jeffrey and Cole and Keith. Um, and uh, so, yeah, AuburnLive.com, subscribe 50% off. And uh, we'll be back next week to recap an Auburn LSU game that I think we all think is going to be weird in some way because <laughs> yeah. um, it always is. And, and then um, talk about Georgia and whatever else the season has to hold. Mm. Um, all right. Until then, as next time. Bye. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and 
Vermont, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.